Just a quick heads up that I am currently on maternity leave, which means that the Fertility Co podcast is taking a break. But please don't panic because I'm already working on some exciting things behind the scenes. And when I come back, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you a brand new, completely free mini course all about ovulation and finding your fertile window. In the meantime, there are still heaps of ways that you can continue to learn about your fertility and your menstrual cycle while I take a break. If you're just getting started with charting your cycle, you can check out my free fertility roadmap. If you want to dive deeper and learn exactly when you're ovulating, then you can watch my Fix Your Fertility Masterclass. There is, of course, also my Conceive with Confidence workshop series and, of course, my flagship online program, Fertility School. If you want individualized support from a trained fertility educator, that's me, then you can book in to my wait list for a one-on-one consult. And I would love to work with you to achieve your fertility goals in 2024. Spots are strictly limited though. And links to all of those resources are in the show notes. In this episode, we're talking about overactive pelvic floors. When your pelvic floor muscles have higher tone and activity than what we'd consider normal, and why Kegels are the very last thing you should be doing. I'm Rachel, and I'm obsessed with all things periods, pregnancy, pelvic floor, and helping women just like you to navigate all of life's major milestones. I'm a physiotherapist and natural fertility educator, and my passion is teaching women how to take control of their health. Fertility, pregnancy, nutrition, and menstrual cycle health, we'll dive deep into all of it right here. All those questions you've been secretly Googling, all those things you're too embarrassed to ask your doctor because, well, we're women. Shouldn't we just know this stuff? So get comfy and get ready to finally have all of your questions answered. Hit subscribe now and let me teach you what they never taught us in health class. You're listening to the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. Want a sneak peek into the ultimate guide to your menstrual cycle? Let me walk you through everything you need to know about your period, what happens for the rest of the month, and why your fertility matters no matter what season of life you're in right now. To download your free chapter of the Mana Guide to Understanding and Loving Your Menstrual Cycle, head to manawomenswellness.com forward slash free book. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and today I'm talking about a topic that has popped up quite a few times in my DMs now, women who've been told that they have an overactive pelvic floor and wanting to know more about what they can do to fix their symptoms. Now, if you want to know a little bit more about your pelvic floor and the basic anatomy, then go back and have a listen to episode three, five things every woman needs to know about her pelvic floor. In that episode, I covered the basics of what the pelvic floor is and why it's so damn important. Or if you want to know what questions to ask yourself to see if you have any symptoms that might need addressing, then you can grab my free pelvic floor quiz. It only takes a couple of minutes, just some yes or no questions to help you decide if your pelvic floor needs a little extra love. But if you're ready to dive deep into all things pelvic floor, you have another option. You can sign up for my free pelvic floor boot camp and you will get access to three full days of video training and exercises to help you to manage your pelvic floor symptoms. You can grab both of these freebies at manawomenswellness.com forward slash freebies, or you can head over to today's show notes too, and I'll include a link to all of the freebies as well as that episode 
about the pelvic floor as well. It's the most popular episode I've had of the podcast so far. So I'm. it sounds like it's been resonating with a lot of women. So all of that will be over at manawomenswellness.com forward slash post forward slash overactive. Okay. Overactive pelvic floors. There is no denying that it is a great thing that women are becoming more informed about their bodies and how important the pelvic floor is. But for some women, weakness just isn't the problem. And when we're all being bombarded with the message to do our pelvic floor exercises, to do our Kegels every day, we are not necessarily being told about the symptoms other than weakness, leaking, peeing ourselves a little every time we sneeze. And so any problem down there we think can be fixed by squeezing and lifting every day, but that's not necessarily the case. And so let me begin today's episode by saying that if you're experiencing leaking or weakness or dragging or heaviness, then yes, you probably do need to do pelvic floor exercises to strengthen your muscles and improve your symptoms. But Kegels aren't the be all and end all. There are situations where these strengthening exercises can actually do more harm than good. And that's why it is so, so important to be assessed by a qualified women's health physio. You need to have your pelvic floor checked. And if you start doing Kegels and your symptoms get worse? Simple. Stop. Self-diagnosis here can make your symptoms worse and cause more problems for you in the long term. Now, an overactive pelvic floor, a hypertonic pelvic floor, a high tone pelvic floor, all of these words refer to muscles that have a higher than normal tone at rest and they have difficulty relaxing. Just as your neck or shoulder muscles might become tight, your pelvic floor muscles can too. But I don't really like to use the word tight when it comes to this area of the body because I think these days having a tight vagina is seen as a positive thing. And it isn't. So we'll call it overactive instead. Now, this condition can kind of be considered the opposite of a weak pelvic floor. And it's not that the pelvic floor muscles are too strong. It's that they're switched on more than we like, and they have difficulty relaxing. So some common signs of an overactive pelvic floor might include pelvic muscle pain, constipation, a feeling of incomplete emptying, or really having to strain to open your bowels, because ultimately your muscles need to be relaxed for your bowels to open. You might notice pain in your pelvis, your lower back, in your tailbone or in your hips. Your hip and your pelvic muscles that surround the tight pelvic floor muscles can also become tight if your pelvic floor muscles are tight. So you may not necessarily feel the tightness and your pain in your pelvic floor, but you might actually feel it deep in the hip, in the groin or in your bottom muscles too. If you experience any pain during sex or any pain with inserting tampons or menstrual cups, this could be a sign of an overactive pelvic floor too. Remember, pain is never normal in these situations and it's not something that you need to put up with. You might have heard the term vaginismus before, or you might have been diagnosed with vaginismus, which is spasm or that involuntary tightening of the muscles around the vagina. And this is a sign of an overactive pelvic floor too. You might also notice urinary incontinence. And this is the symptom that confuses women because they think that their muscles are weak and they need strengthening with pelvic floor exercises. Now, I talked about incomplete emptying of the bowel earlier. You can also experience incomplete emptying of the bladder, feeling like you need to go to the toilet, even though you've just been. You might notice a slow flow of urine or delayed start of your urine stream. You might notice that you have urinary urgency where you're suddenly needing to go and you feel like if you can't get to the toilet now, you will wet your pants. You might have urinary frequency where you're going all the time, or you might have painful urination. 
While there is no single definitive cause of an overactive pelvic floor, there are some factors that are thought to contribute to tightening of the pelvic floor muscles over time. So someone who exercises frequently and does a lot of core work may develop pelvic floor tension because these muscles are always being switched on. Now your core muscles, your deep abdominal muscles, they work really closely with your pelvic floor. So if you're always working your core, you're always working your pelvic floor muscles too. Some people that hold on to their bladder or bowel despite signs to go, for example, not wanting to use public toilets, they can develop tension due to frequently tightening just to prevent accidents and to hold everything in. Now, when we're stressed, we're anxious, or we're afraid, our muscles contract instinctively all over our body. Now, continuous stress at high levels can actually cause shortening and tension of the pelvic floor muscles too. Trauma and scar tissue, like a perineal tear during childbirth and getting stitches, can also cause tightening of the pelvic floor muscles as a bit of a protective response, especially while the area is still healing. Pelvic health conditions like endometriosis, where a woman experiences chronic pain and inflammation in the pelvic area, that initial pain response can lead to tension and pain in the pelvic floor muscles over time too. As well as abdominal pain and cramping, like irritable bowel syndrome, can also contribute. And so can other pelvic nerve dysfunctions, like in interstitial cystitis, pudendal neuralgia, and vulvodynia too. So often, any other painful or inflammatory conditions that affect the pelvic area can lead to tightening and that protective response. Just like how our back muscles get tight and spasm when we hurt our backs. So how do we treat an overactive pelvic floor? Now, when women experience pelvic floor dysfunction, their first thought is to do pelvic floor strengthening exercises. However, further activity and contraction of these already tight muscles can worsen your symptoms when your muscles are already overactive. This is why it is so important to get treatment and assessment from a women's health physio to check what type of dysfunction you are experiencing and to manage your individual symptoms before they progress. Now, if you're working with a physio to combat an overactive pelvic floor, here are some of the things that you might be doing. So you might be doing some pelvic floor muscle relaxation techniques, and I'm going to go through one of these with you as we wrap up the episode soon. You might also do breathing techniques. Again, it's all about relaxing and easing muscle tension. Lots and lots of education about bladder and bowel habits here. So some of the symptoms that I talked about were related to difficulties emptying the bladder and the bowel and difficulties with frequency, urgency, those sorts of things. So that's because the openings to the bladder and the bowel, the urethra and the anus, the opening is a sphincter. And we need this sphincter to relax, to open them, to allow the contents to empty. So the job of the pelvic floor is to squeeze these openings closed to stop the leaking of the contents of our bladder and bowel. But an overactive pelvic floor is doing the job a little too well. And so it has trouble relaxing when we need it to. Pelvic floor and abdominal massage or even scar tissue massage if you've had a perineal tear or stitches is something you might also be working on with your physio. So this is hands-on stuff here. And this helps to relax the muscles and break up any scar tissue that might have formed and be contributing to this tightness. 
You'll likely also be shown some hip and some pelvic muscle stretches too, because like I said, these muscles are also going to be tight in the area surrounding the pelvis and the pelvic floor. So again, back to my back pain example, if we hurt our lower back and those lower back muscles become tight and painful and go into spasm, the surrounding muscles in our hips or even up in our neck and shoulders will likely also become tight and go into spasm too, again, as that protective response. So it's all about calming all of the muscles down that have been affected by this initial trigger. And finally, you might use vaginal dilators, which are inserted into the vagina to stretch the pelvic floor muscles. Now, this is used especially if you're experiencing pain during sex or if you can't use tampons due to pain as well. Now, you can imagine if you struggle to insert a tampon due to pain and tight muscles, a penis is going to hurt a whole lot more. And this has a huge impact on your relationships. And it really takes a lot of communication and understanding and support from your partner too to work with the problems that you're having here. So dilators come in lots of different shapes and sizes, and it's all about gradually stretching the pelvic floor muscles and building up your tolerance so that once again, you can enjoy pain-free sex that's actually pleasurable with your partner. Now, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in this area at all. Chronic pain, complex pain is still a very new area in physio and in medicine, in healthcare, really. The way we treat chronic pain is very different to the way we would treat an acute injury like a twisted ankle. So chronic pain changes the way we see our body. It changes nerve pathways. It changes our thinking patterns. And when it's affecting the most intimate part of your body, It's not obvious from the outside. It's something that really affects a person's life. You know, their comfort wearing underwear, their relationships, their ability to have sex. It's a hugely sensitive subject. And the mental toll that this has on a woman who struggles with it and her partner too is huge. And so I guess here, if you're noticing small symptoms, subtle symptoms, if you've recently had a baby and you've had a perineal tear and stitches, please go and see a women's health physio. So in Australia, you don't need a referral to go and see a physio. You literally just need to go and book an appointment. Get this stuff sorted early to avoid your problems getting worse in the long run. Okay, so now I want to take you through a quick pelvic floor relaxation exercise. This is something that everyone can try and even just something that you can add into your daily routine. So if you have a meditation practice, you can chuck it in at the start or the end there too. So I want you to find a place to relax free from noise and distraction. Lie down in a comfortable position with your knees bent and your feet flat on the floor. Close your eyes and slowly breathe in through your nose for about three seconds. Allow the air to flow into your belly, causing your belly to rise. Place your hands on your belly to feel this movement. This might be a little difficult to coordinate at first because your belly might not be used to stretching and rising with your breath. Now that you've got your breathing pattern under control, I want you to add in your pelvic floor contraction. Breathe in, then on your next breath out, lift and squeeze your pelvic floor. Instead of focusing on the contraction, I want you to switch your focus onto the relaxation of the muscle because that's where your muscles have trouble if you're struggling with an overactive pelvic floor. So I want you to imagine that your pelvic floor is an elevator. Squeeze and lift going up one, two, three. Then relax your pelvic floor slowly and imagine the elevator going back down. Three, two, one. 
Allow your pelvic floor to completely relax and imagine the doors of the elevator opening at ground level. Practice with this exercise. Continue this pattern for one to two minutes. Coordinate your pelvic floor contraction with your breath out and the relaxation with your breath in. Practice this exercise at least once a day. Okay, we're going to wrap it up there for today. And I really hope I shed some light and some new knowledge on an area that really isn't addressed a lot. And while it's great that women are learning more about their pelvic floor and starting to incorporate strengthening exercises into their daily routine, it is just as important to take note of the signs that maybe your pelvic floor doesn't need any more strengthening. Maybe it really needs that help to relax instead. I hope if you've related to any of the symptoms that I've talked about in this episode, maybe you're feeling a little more inspired to get some help, to see a physio, to get assessed and really work with them for an individual treatment plan. Remember, I don't know you, I don't know your symptoms. I can only give the advice from the other end of the microphone. So if anything that I say resonates with you, not just in this episode, but in any episode, please make sure you go and seek the help you need. If you learned anything new or you found value in today's episode, or if you've got a question and just want to know more or pick my brain further, I'd love to hear from you. So send me a DM on Instagram, ask away. There is no topic that is off limits, nothing that you should be shy about asking. Let me know what you want to know about. Let me know what you want me to talk about in upcoming episodes. So as always, this podcast is created with you in mind. And so I want to be able to talk about the things that are the most important for you. So don't forget that you can download the freebies that I talked about in this episode. So your pelvic floor quiz, or you can join in on the three-day pelvic floor bootcamp at manawomenswellness.com forward slash freebies, or you can head over to today's show notes. I'll include all of the links that you need there as well. So that's over at manawomenswellness.com forward slash post forward slash overactive. Okay, I will see you in next week's episode where I am so, so excited to have another guest joining me. I am getting completely schooled next week because we are talking about something that I know very little about and I'm so excited to learn more. I'm going to keep it a secret because it's something very different to what we've talked about so far, but I promise you that you don't want to miss this one. Okay, bye for now. Don't forget that knowledge is power. When you truly understand your body, you are empowered to make informed decisions and take control of your health. Until next time. If you've made it this far, you deserve a huge virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. New episodes are released every Wednesday, so make sure you hit subscribe now so you don't miss when the latest goes live. Why not make my day and leave me a quick rating and review while you're over there? If you want more, head on over to Instagram at Mana Women's Wellness, slide into my DMs and say hello, or you can visit manawomenswellness.com forward slash podcast for show notes and access to all of the freebies that I talked about in this episode. Until next time. Let's talk about TempDrop. TempDrop's wearable sensor and accompanying charting app brings the full fertility tracking solution right to your phone. Wear the TempDrop sensor on your upper arm during sleep and then just sync to the charting app whenever it's convenient for you. 
Tempdrop believes that every woman should be empowered and equipped with the knowledge to take control of their body. Sound familiar? That's where Tempdrop steps in to provide clear science-backed technology to help you to better track your cycle. I only recommend products that I use and love, and I love my Tempdrop tracker. You can get 10% off your tracker with the code AFFertilityCo or head to fertilityco.com.au forward slash Tempdrop for more information.